Hey everyone, Carrie Beck here with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we help you stop the overwhelm and get past all the confusion so you can actually have a homeschool coffee break, knowing you're doing enough for your kids. Hey, I am super excited about this particular um, series. I don't think I've ever done a series like this, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute, because some of you are all like, why are you teaching this in a homeschool group? Let me just tell you, I think it is uh, actually, I will tell you one reason uh, we're talking about this. This is money and business, empowering moms to create financial freedom and freedom in their family. Why does this matter? Well, let me tell you, I have received more emails and uh, when I share this than pretty much any other topic that I have ever talked on. That makes me know that there is a need for this. And I'm excited because I've got some free resources that can help you as well. So let's get started. Hello, Jessica. So glad that you are here. Some of you already said, you know, you might be going, why are you teaching this in a homeschool? Well, first of all, I was sitting in a uh, in our church and in the summer, we usually do six weeks of roundtables. Someone does a, does a talk for about 10 or 15 minutes and then we discuss it at a roundtable. And we were talking about materialism and giving things back to God. And the guy that was sitting next to me said, you know, Finances are so important, and yet we hardly teach anything to our kids about finances. Now, he was speaking from a public school situation, but as a homeschool mom, you tell me, are you preparing your kids to know how to deal with finances? Jesus taught about finances more than any other topic, and that alone should be a reason that we actually talk about this. So, I have some questions for you. You can answer these in the chat, in a comment, wherever you are listening to this. Oh, and by the way, um, if you are listening to this somewhere else besides Facebook or Zoom, please click the subscribe button so that we can get this out to more people and help people. And this is a much needed topic. So my question is, are you reinforcing the ideas that Jesus taught about money? How do you manage your money? Are you modeling that for your children? I think um, kids do not really know how to handle them running. Just look at the credit card debt problems that they have when they go off to college. I have no idea. Well, we do know. But I mean, the credit card company, they just send in credit cards left and right to seniors in high school, which is totally ridiculous. So here's what we're going to do today. We have three more weeks after this. We're going to talk about this from a biblical perspective. If you know me at all, I am a person of faith and I put on the Bible lenses whenever I talk about a topic. So we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about this with your kids. How can you take what you are learning and be able to teach your kids? What are some things that you could do? So I'm going to start with a very not very happy topic. We're going to talk about debt because the Bible is full of verses about debt. Let me read a few of those verses and then let's see how we can apply them. In Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrow, borrower is a slave to the lender. When you are in debt, you are a slave to the bank or the company or the friend that has loaned you money expecting money in return. I'll just stop right here and tell you how we did this. We never loaned out money to people that were in need. Never. And you're going, really, Carrie? We always gave it as a gift 
and we never expected to get it in return. Never. And there were times Steve had some friends, this one friend in particular, needed a thousand dollars and we had it. We gave it as a gift, never got it back. Actually, I had um, this one guy over. He was going some really hard times. Uh, my Ashley was uh, three years old when he she was a flower or no, five years old when she was a flower girl in his wedding. So you know how long ago that was. Um, but I had completely forgotten. And he was over here for dinner a few years back. And he started, he reminded me that Steve was giving him money when he needed it at times because we always gave it as a gift. Deuteronomy 15, 6, for the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. That borrowing lending situation, he was like, it's okay. You can rule over the other nations because you're going to rule for God, and you can have them borrowing from you, but you are not to borrow from other people. Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the con continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. See, it's okay to have a debt, but it's a different debt. It's not a money debt. So how can we put this into practice? First of all, I'm not opposed to credit cards, but if you can't handle a credit card, get a debit card because there are plenty of cashless. I was just at the coffee shop, no cash there. Pay your credit cards off every month save your money to buy large purchases including cars you don't need a new car save your money and get a used car i can't remember the last time we have had a loan on a car it is a depreciating item and i do not suggest getting loans for um washing machines or appliances or anything else y'all may not like this but this is just, I am applying what I feel like God says here. Hello, Janice. All right. Um, mortgages. Let's talk about that. I'm back and forth on some of this. We have not had a mortgage since the second year we lived in this house. That was back in 1989. We paid it off. God blessed us. We got Steve's dad's inheritance. That was not a good situation. But we chose to use that money and just pay off this house. Now. You may be going, well, we can't do that. Okay, fine. You can have a mortgage, but let me tell you, it made a difference. I remember one of my friends had Ashley and Gentry. They were probably 10 or 11 years old. And, oh, I'm so sorry it took a while, Rita, to find this. Um, they were about 10 or 11 years old. And she said, hey, we got to go by the bank and pay the mortgage. And Gentry says, what's a mortgage? We never had a mortgage. That was a blessing from God, but we never had a mortgage. We also did not believe in, we had a lot of people, or a lot of people, we had investors saying, that you know what? You can make more money if you invest here and then you are going to pay um, on your house payment. And we just didn't buy into that. You know one reason? Steve believed that we needed, that you needed short tent pegs. When God called you to somewhere and if you had all this debt and all these uh, where you owed things, wherever you were, you couldn't just pick up and leave. We felt called, Steve felt called to seminary up in Idaho. And in 2004, we packed this house up and we went up there. Not a problem. We rented the house while we were gone and that paid for our rent in Idaho. No, we did not buy a house. We just rented. We did not want to go into debt or do anything like that. How could we do that? Because we had short tent pegs and we weren't invested in this place. We could pick up and leave and go where God calls us. Um, 
there was a time I say that um, we were remodeling the kitchen and we did take out a loan. And right now I would say that probably wasn't a very good thing, but during that time, while we had a loan, I will just tell you that we did not go out to eat except one time for an entire year. You see, sometimes we don't even realize what we are doing. And sometimes we don't realize all the expenses that we think we're entitled to. We went out for my birthday to an old burger joint. And at the time it was probably less than $10. We had self-control. The other thing is if you do have a mortgage, one thing I would encourage you to do is make an extra payment every year. And you could go from, I, I don't have the right numbers, but you could go from a 25-year loan and have it all paid off in 15 because you're paying the principal. You're not paying any towards interest. You pay off that principal. Um, thank you for y'all's kind words. This is such a blessing. Okay. Number one, debt. Number two, savings. Do you have? Do you save any of your paycheck? Do you save any of the income that you are making? And what are you saving it for? Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Proverbs 13, 11. I do think that God encourages us to save, not to hoard it, to save, to be able to have a thousand dollars to be able to share with someone. I'll be really honest. I was in a bad, I made a really stupid, I'll talk about it later, stupid financial decision last year. And when I had to pay taxes, I did not have some of the cash that I needed to because I made a stupid decision. And yet my son had that cash for me and paid that for me, pure gift. I have since got plenty of cash now and I've got, I actually sent him a check. I don't think he's cashed it because he grew up believing that you give and you don't ever expect a return. And we just haven't had time to talk about it. But that's because he had money and savings. And seriously, I made a stupid, just cause I'm talking about it doesn't mean I don't make stupid mistakes. Okay. Debt, savings, giving. I don't really believe in a tithe. I believe the tithe is Old Testament. I believe in generous giving. A tithe actually ends up being more than 10%. I'm not going to go into all of that. You can go study that for yourself. But I think it's also important that when we decide how much to give, if you are on the 10%, which I don't really agree, do you do it before taxes or after taxes? Do you do it at the end of the year? I personally think it needs to be a regular giving all year long. I think you are modeling for your children something and they never know that you are giving on a regular basis, except at the end of the year and you figure out how much money you have made, then I, I just personally don't agree with me. I believe we should give generously. And in 2 Corinthians 9, this is what God says or Paul says through God. Remember this, farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And I would say generously. It depends on your version exactly what that is. Third, Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. And I believe that's what we need to be doing as Christians. We need to give generously. This is generosity in all things, money, your things, uh, your time. There was a time we had this big blue conversion van, had the seat that would go back in it. It was really nice. And we traveled in it. The kids were little, but we had some missionary friends that came home on furlough and they needed to go across the South and everything. We're like, take our van. 
And we got some old grandma's car that someone was loaning them while they were here in the States. We didn't think a thing of it. That was just who we were. And yet a lot of people would hang on to the things God's given them. Hang on to that money and not give generously. I will tell you another thing. Uh, in 2020, I guess it's been three years. I lost half my income. I will. I am going to share my story in a couple of weeks in a lot more detail. I want to get us going in some ideas. Um, I lost half my income, but I did not quit giving to God, giving to the church, my local church, and giving to Compassion, sponsoring one of my Compassion children. And then I have a friend that's in ministry, and I was um, sponsoring her and her family as well. I had to trust God that he would provide me. I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills that summer. But I trusted God and I never quit giving to his work. What's your money attitude? What is your attitude toward money? Oh, we got to get going. Hebrews 13, 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I just had open hands when it came to money. There are things that I don't have open hands on, but money has not really been an issue for me. God has given me, and I believe we grew kids who are generous. I'll tell some more stories about that as we go, but let's move into kids. I told you we we're going to get to kids. Here's what we did. For the longest time until we came back from Idaho, even in Idaho, we lived on the envelope system. They saw me. They were in the car every week. I went to the ATM or went to the bank, and I got the money we needed for that week. Now, for me, I had sections of my wallet, and I had my grocery section. I had my shopping section. I had our babysitting section, and I think um, fun or I don't know. I had it all figured out. Anyway. I had those sections. My kids saw that. For them, they will still tell you, Mom, oh, I remember the envelopes. They each had four or five envelopes. And I don't have the exact numbers. And you can take this idea and use it what works for you. But they had a spending. So that was money they could spend whenever. They had a long-term savings and a short-term savings. Long-term may be a car. Or it could be saving for a house when you get a wife. I mean, it could be really long-term. And then there were savings for things that you were going to get in the next six months or a year. And then they had a giving section, a giving envelope so that they could give. And they could choose different things of where they would give that money. But they will still tell you that they still remember that. It was a simple thing. Um, we didn't, I mean, you could get real elaborate in that. I just had, we just had it and it told in their allowance or in their work money, how much they were going to um, divide up. And to this, to, through high school, when they had a bank account, they still divided their money up. Another thing is we gave, we got them a debit card in high school. We wanted to walk with them and show them how to use a card wisely. We need our kids. I'm thinking about my grandkids. I don't even think they understand that credit card equals money. Because they, they just see a credit card. They probably don't see their parents paying the credit card. So that is something we need to be teaching our kids. I have a friend and they, when their kids were in high school, they got each one of their kids got a credit card. And that dad every month sat down with each child in, as a teenager and reconciled the credit card. That takes time and discipline. But don't you know those kids were more well prepared to be able to manage their money well? Another thing we did is we have had our own business since we got married, pretty much. Steve's just worked on his own. There was one time he worked for a company, but that was about six months or so. 
Um, our kids worked in our business. It did more than just teaching them about money. It gave them a good work ethic. So they valued the money that they made. They learned skills on how to make money so that if something happened and they lost their job, they could actually start an online business, especially, but they could start a bricks and mortar business too, if they wanted to. They helped uh, in many areas. So they would understand the value of money. They helped in bookkeeping. They worked the back of the room. We would, we would um, host a conference for a weekend and they would work the back of the room. You know what? The money we made during that conference, they got a percentage of. They had a better understanding of how businesses work. When we would go and speak at homeschool conferences, they would work the booth and we would go speak and they got a percentage of our profits and we paid our kids well. If you have a business and you have children working, you better pay them. There is nothing worse than taking advantage of them. Now, depending on their age and their ability, obviously, uh, a seven-year-old, you're going to pay different. But my teenagers, they could run the books. They could do the shipping. They could drive to the post office, to the bank, make the deposit. That was worth paying. We paid so well, their friends wanted a job from us. Um, and then I already mentioned, we moved to Idaho in 2004. Steve had a remodeling company in here. We could not just up and move all his clients from Texas up to Idaho and maintain a business. And so at that time, we completely went online. And that is when we really began to dive into the online business. For me personally, I think it is one of the easiest ways to get started to make money, especially working from home. And I know some of y'all are here because you want to hear more about working from home. Next week, we're going to talk about side hustles. So I will be answering. If you've got questions, I know a few of you put some questions. I will be talking about that next week. I wanted to really dive into the biblical perspective and some ideas that we could help our kids. Oh, and I forgot to say, wherever you're listening to this, any ideas that you have about money management, about teaching your kids, please put them in the comments so we can share. I do not have all the answers. All right. Online business. An online business, I believe it's less risk because you can get in for very little money. You don't need a lot of capital to go rent a space or buy equipment or whatever. It will take time to implement. I personally think an online business is a sustainable home business. It is what I, you know, my online business was a hobby till 2020. And then God exploded it. I had to get busy doing what I knew, what we did those four years in um, seminary while we were in Idaho. I got busy doing it. I got busy investing in this business and making sure I knew everything was up to date. And so I could actually start to make money as well. We'll talk about some of those ideas. I do have, oh my gosh, there it goes. I'm having major problems with this um, backdrop. I have three resources for you that are completely free. I'm going to put the link wherever you are watching this. Some of you have already done this. Number one is a quiz. Finding out if you are a person that could actually create a course and sell it online. The quiz says replacing income, but I truly believe it's not replacing, especially for you moms that want to help with the, with the budget at home. It's a way you could start a business because these people that she's talking to, a lot of them have never had an online business. So I'll give you the link to the quiz. See if you're one of them. The other one I'm just sharing this week is called 
four surprisingly simple ways to turn your knowledge into a digital course. Oh, actually, you can go to these familyebiz.com slash quiz course, familyebiz.com slash simple course. Both of those are two free resources that you can go to. We'll have them in the show notes. And then I have another group here in um, Facebook and YouTube that I am starting another series. It will have some similar information, but I'm going to dive really deep more into the business aspect. And you may want to actually go to this as well. And it is at fa- facebook.com slash groups dash slash family ebis. Now, before I close, I do want to share a story. This story, let me see if I can find the name of the person. This is Catherine Saunders, Modern Memory Keeper. Catherine is a military wife. And when she got married, she was like, I'm just going to have to put my career on hold. And she was like, I would love to make some money and um, take my family on vacation or just help with the family budget. Well, she said, I was turning 40. And I've had brand new business dreams, but I was like, is anyone ever going to buy anything from me? I can understand that. I wonder if people will ever buy anything from me. And she says, turns out they did in the absolute best way. Her journey actually started 10 years before she had this business dream of of helping the family income. She was making custom stationery and making photo books. People were asking her to make these special photo books. So she had the knowledge of how to do it. But then, you know, life happened. Kids moving as a military family and our favorite thing, COVID hit. All right. So then fast forward to the summer of 2020, my least favorite month. She says this. She says, I was sitting in the Chick-fil-A, hashtag mom life. You can understand. She was actually in the car listening to Digital Course Academy podcast. And she was hearing all the testimonials thinking, Catherine, you can do this. She knew this was her time. So she signed up for a course called Digital Course Academy. At that time, she said, I'm going to do exactly what Amy tells me to do. And so she did. She walked through all of it. She created a course on keeping our memories, on, you know, how to do all the memory stuff that she was doing. She said back beforehand, she had about 500 people on her list, but she follows Amy's plan and she grew it to a thousand and three. So when she got ready to sell the course, she had some people on a list and she said, I was still worried. I didn't have any testimonials. This is a brand new course. Why would anyone buy this for me? And she says, even with those doubts, she made $10,000. Now, some of these people are saying, I made $100,000. This $10,000, what could you do? This is a stay-at-home mom, military family, kids. And she says, being a military wife and a mom, I have had to put my career on hold all these years, but the satisfaction of getting back to work and being able to contribute to the household expenses, even being able to take my family on a vacation was an amazing feeling. She can work from home, earn a great living, and still be there for her husband and her kids. That is cool. I'll be talking more about that over the next few weeks. Go get the freebies, familyebiz.com slash quiz course or familyebiz.com slash simple course. I don't really have time to take 
questions because I'm headed over to the family eBiz um, class that starts at 3.30. If you do have a question about any of this, put it in the chat, um, put it as a comment. I will be checking on that. Tag me. That would be even better. I would love to hear some of your ideas on how you teach money and business to your kids from a biblical perspective. Next week, we will really dive into side hustle. And so if you're thinking of wanting to earn a little bit of extra money at home, which many of you want to, then tune in next Monday. Thanks so much for spending time with me. I am Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. We'll talk to you next time.